Turn with me, please, to the book of Proverbs. We begin a new series. I guess it was last week was the first part. And uh, I want to continue today, and it actually works out perfect. The Lord is so smart for Father's Day because you'll see in just a minute what I'm talking about. But uh, I didn't have to try to find a Father's Day message. (laughs) It was uh, part and parcel of this. Proverbs 20 and 27. It says, the spirit of man is what? What is the candle of the Lord? The spirit of man. Say that out loud with me together, please. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. Now, when he says belly, he's not talking about your your stomach, your digestive system. He's talking about the core, your middle, the middle and core of your being. And he says that in connection with the spirit of man. First Peter refers to the inner man, the hidden man of the heart, that there is an outer man and there is a, an inner man, hidden man. Let me read this to you from another couple of translations. The W.E.B. says, uh, the spirit of man is Yahweh's lamp, searching all his innermost parts. The complete Jewish Bible says it like this. It says, the human spirit is the lamp of Adonai. It searches one's inmost being. Now, it's important to distinguish reasoning from revelation. Just because you hear and know something with your head, that doesn't mean you've got it or you're operating in any degree of it. Faith isn't knowledge. Knowledge isn't faith. Knowledge is of the head. Faith is of the heart. Your heart and your head are not the same thing. Proverbs 3 talks about this. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding, clearly revealing there's a big difference between your understanding and your heart. You don't believe God with your intellect. You think you reason, you, you process knowledge with your intellect, but that's not the part of your being that you trust with. Trust is not intellectual. Trust is spiritual. Just like love is not intellectual. A lot of people have said, you know, love in a particular situation makes no sense. <laughs> well, love ain't about sense. You don't love with your intellect. You love with your heart. And the same part of your being you love with is the part you believe with. Part you trust with. You know, Romans 10 says, for with the heart man believes. With the heart. (laughs) Reason I'm pausing. This is so important. This is so important significant what we're talking about right now. To get this and understand it and not just process it but live and walk in the knowledge of this is to learn how to be led by the Holy Spirit. Is to learn how to 
hear the voice of God and know God and commune with God. And this is radical life changing. Most of the world does not know what we're talking about. Sadly, most of the church world does not know what we're talking about. And there's so much confusion. People just lump it all together. They, they lump together heart, mind, spirit, soul, all of this as the same thing. It is not. It is not. And one of the confusing things about it is, that, for instance, the King James Bible translates some of these same words 28 different ways. Now, I like the King James, but it's not the original scripture. It's a translation of the original. And you really begin to see an issue on this particular thing. So when you, if you want to study along this line, and I encourage you to, you want to study about spirit, soul, and body. Do not just read a scripture and because it says soul, think that's what the word is. It may be the word for spirit, or it may be the word for something else. They're all mixed up. In a lot of the translations, you need a, a original word dictionary to get a hold of this. You got to find out, well, what word was it? For instance, pneuma is the Greek word for spirit. Suke is the word for soul. They're not the same word. They're not the same word. I think words should be translated consistently. Amen. Don't you? <laughs> the same way. Young's literal is pretty good. Not perfect, but pretty good. Now, the original scripture, it is perfect inspired. No errors. All the translations, that's another story. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Oh, somebody say the candle of the Lord. And what you see by that is that it is the part of our being that God uses to enlighten us. Go to Romans, the eighth chapter, please. Romans 8 and 14. Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by what? By the lowest price. <laughs> by the best deal. By the easiest way out. Why am I saying that? Because a lot of times that's, that's what people do. They just look and see what's the cheapest one and then they make their decision. They just look and see what's the shortest, what's the quickest, what's the easiest way, you know, quickest way to be done with it and that's what they do. That's not being led by the Spirit. That's being led by price. It's being led by opportunity. It's being led by demand. It's being led by pressure. There are Thousands of things that will try to lead you and direct you. And we must discipline ourselves not to be externally led, but to be led internally, inside God, not outside. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. Verse 15. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father, verse 16, 
The Spirit itself, I don't like that. The word's actually himself. It's the Greek word autos, his own self. The Spirit himself, because the Holy Spirit's not in it. Jesus referred to him repeatedly as he, 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 him, him. The Holy Spirit himself bears witness with what part of our being? Not our head, not our flesh. I'm not led by reasoning. I'm not led by logic. I'm not led by demographics. I'm not led by statistics. I'm not led by hot flashes or cold flashes. Thank God. <laughs> Why? Why am I saying all that? I'm not, I'm not led by goosebumps. I'm not led externally. All of this can be fickle, can be influenced by outside, even evil influences. This has confused a lot of people because they had an influence that they knew was spiritual. And they knew it was real. And they assumed it was God. No, friend. Not everything that's spiritual and real is God. And that's what is confused because they thought, well, it's real. You know, maybe it was. Didn't make it God. And I don't care if a group robed in white come through your ceiling tomorrow morning. And sing to you in multiple part harmony. And you have such an amazing spiritual experience like you never had. If it disagrees with one verse in this Bible. You need to rebuke it and command it to leave. Not saying it's not real. Not saying it's not spiritual. But the Bible said Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. That's one of his main methods of operation. Is that. He tries to fool you that he and his are from God. There's nobody more religious than the devil. I didn't say godly. I said religious. Because he's always seeking to replace reality and relationship with God with religion. Tradition of men. He's tricky. Don't underestimate him. He's very subtle and tricky. Notice in verse 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with what part of our being? Well, what part of our being does God use to enlighten us? Our spirit. Well, then you and I need to know, be able to identify our own spirit. Because if God's going to lead us through our spirit, what if you don't even know you are a spirit? What if you're not able to, in essence, put your finger on your spirit and go, that's my spirit? What if you don't know how to do that? Well, then you're at a great disadvantage in hearing from God. And so many have resorted to all kind of other things, looking to be led externally. Oh, God, you know, write it in the sky, looking for this or that feeling. And that's dangerous because, like we said, the enemy's out here. He can do things. Verse 15, notice this. In, in between, you know, verse 14 and verse 16 is talking about being led by the Spirit. And verse 15 is not a digression. He's talking about the same thing, but notice he talks about what kind of Spirit the Holy Spirit is. 
And this is so important because before you will respond to the Holy Spirit, you have to recognize the Holy Spirit. I'm going to go over that again real slowly. Before you will respond to the Holy Spirit, which is what all of us need to do, you need to what? You need to be able to recognize and go, that's him. That's him. How do you identify and recognize your own spirit and then the Holy Spirit dealing with your spirit? How do you recognize that? I became convinced as a boy many years ago that if I could learn how to hear from God, I had it made. I'd be okay. And better than that, because I'd already made up my mind, that's what I'm going to do. If I can ascertain that this is the Lord, that I'm hearing from Him, I'm going to do that. And if I do what He's telling me to do, who can stop me? What enemy? What person? I mean, right? God's for us. Who can be against us? And years later now, I know it's true. I know it's true. Every, when I say every, did you hear that word? Every great thing that's happened in our lives and ministry, it happened because we heard from him and we acted on it. And when we did, miracles happened. Woo! Glory to God! How about you? Can anybody in here testify that you heard from him and you acted on it and when you did, what happened? Something good happened. Is that right? He came through. He performed his word. Right? He confirmed it. He did it. Every time you've heard from him and you acted on it, that's when you see miracles. That's when you see great, great things. But you also hear a lot of people talking about the Lord said this, the Lord said that, the Lord told me to do this and told me to do that. And a lot of times when you hear it, you're thinking, what? The Lord said that? Because it's not in agreement with his word. And you know it can't be him. Because he would not contradict his word. Some people have tried to just say, well, you know, it could be anything. Because everybody has their own relationship with the Lord. They do, but he's the same. He never changes. And there's no way he's going to say something by the Spirit to somebody that's the opposite of what he said in this written word. Never has happened. Never will happen. And so we must get to know him. We've gotten acquainted with him when we were born again. But that doesn't mean you know much about him. And it's also a matter of growing up. Little babies don't know much about their parents. Oh, they they know the sound of their voice. They know their smell. They know the touch of their skin. But they don't know who mama is, how she thinks. They don't know who daddy is what his values are. you got to grow up. Right? you got to grow up and learn what kind of man they are, what kind of woman they are, what kind of daddy, what kind of mama, how they think, what they like, what they don't like, what's priority to them, what's important to them, what's not important to them. And that's what we must do with God. And this should be happening day in and day out that we are getting to know him better. And we're learning who he is, 
what he is, his character, his will, his ways. If this is not happening, we're not progressing. We're not growing. We're not developing. And if you don't know him, you'll be easily tricked, easily deceived, easily misled because things will come along. People will say, this is God. That's God. The enemy will come along disguised as a messenger of light and tell you lies. And and just because somebody quoted half a verse and said it's God, you'll run off with it. You know, get yourself in a big mess only later to find out, well, that wasn't God. And get mad at them and blame them. But who said you had to listen to them? We must get to know him for ourselves. Right? Parents, this is so important. This is Father's Day. So as soon as you can, you wean your children and grandchildren off of you and onto the Holy Spirit. Now you help them. Of course when they're little you believe for them. You use your faith just like yourself. But as soon as they're old enough to know him for themselves, you better help them to get to know him. Why? Because in a short amount of time they're going to need things you can't do. You can't produce for them. They, they're going to need answers you don't have. And when, when it comes to the point where they should know him he won't let you you know, get the answer for them. There'll come a time in your child's life that you'll go try to get the answer for them and you won't be able to get it. And if you listen to him, he'll say, I want them to come to me. <laughs> them. We don't just need to have faith in daddy's God, our mama's God, or our church's God, or our pastor's God. We need to know him for ourselves. He needs to be so real to us every morning, every night. We should, and we should desire to commune with him. Oh, somebody say commune, commune. Commune, in other words, is fellowship. Fellowship with him and get to know him. Who is he? He's real. He's a person. He's a spirit. He is, the more accurate way to say is he is spirit. God is spirit, John said, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God is spirit. Then it shouldn't surprise us that that's how he communicates with us is through our spirit, our spirit. And notice in verse 15, this is revealing the God who leads us and bears witness with our spirit what kind of spirit he is. What kind of person he is. You've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Any spirit that scares you is not God. That pressures you. That tries to panic you. That tries to push you and manipulate you is not God. One of the ways you can tell the enemy he, he pushes, he just pushes and pushes and pushes and bring the same dumb thing a hundred thousand times through the day. I see people nodding all over you. <laughs> and, and, and just to irritate you and to bug you, trying to get you 
to get mad and to say something or to do something or to lash out. That's not the Holy Spirit. Even if scriptures are associated with all this pushing, it's the enemy. How many know the devil can quote scriptures too? He quoted scriptures to Jesus. No, that's not the Holy Spirit. Things that intimidate, things that manipulate, things that put fear and panic and desperation and despair and depression cannot be the Holy Spirit. Cannot be. They're wrong spirits. And all this is designed to put you in bondage, to restrict you, to lock you down, to limit you. We didn't receive that kind of spirit. That's not the Holy Spirit. What spirit have we received? The spirit of adoption. And now you see why I said this is Father's Day. (laughs) Right? Didn't that come up with a, a different one here? Here we are. God's smart, isn't he? Isn't he smart? What spirit is the Holy Spirit? He's the spirit of adoption. What does that mean? Adoption makes you part of the family. And not just legally makes you feel a part of the family. Hallelujah. And reveals to you that God is not just your God, your creator, and not even just father. He's daddy. Abba was the, one of the first words a, a tiny infant might say learning how to talk. It's our equivalent of dada. Dada. Abba. Abba. Well, why is this significant? Because that's who we should be looking for to get our direction. Is the spirit who makes us comfortable. The spirit of peace. Come on, can you see that? When you're feeling pressured and pushed and panicky, don't act on that. Resist that. Command it to get away from you. What are you looking for? I'm praying. I'm looking. I'm checking inside until I find the thing that when I think about doing it, I get a warm witness. I sense peace. The more I think about it, for lack of a better word, I don't like this word, but you understand. The more I think about it, the better I feel. That's not really the best word, but you know what I'm talking about. The, the, the better, more, more disposed. When I think about doing this, it just bugs me. It bothers me. It, uh, something about it I don't like, can't put my finger on it. Well, then leave it alone. Amen. Leave it. I don't care how good the numbers are, how low the price, how many people want to do it. Come on, are you listening to me? Trust what you get inside. Trust what you get inside. What spirit am I looking for? Not the spirit of push and hurry, hurry, hurry and pressure. What am I looking I, I got to get away from that. I got to cut that off. What am I looking for? I'm looking for the I belong here. I have favor here. I'm comfortable here. Daddy is holding my hand on this. <laughs> That's what I'm looking for. That helps me to, what's the very next verse? Verse 16. That the Spirit of God bears witness 
with that. That helps us. Can you see verse 15 helps us to identify the witness? What kind, what kind of spirit is this witness coming from? It's the spirit of God, the spirit of our Father, the spirit of adoption, the spirit of liberty. Are all these names in the scripture? Hallelujah. Not the spirit of fear, not the spirit of timidity, but the spirit of power and love and a sound. Can you see it? When the Holy Spirit's dealing with me to do it, what's going to come? Peace, soundness, stability, confirmation. When it's a wrong spirit, what is it? Agitation. Something's not right. Well, you see, your spirit's trying to tell you something's not right. Something's not right. I'm not talking about a voice. I'm not talking about a feeling. I'm talking about a witness. You have a witness, something's not right. Something's not right. And that's all you need to know. Now, people will try to push you and go, well, why? I don't need to know why. <laughs> you know, as a minister... Phyllis and I as ministers, we have to make decisions about what we do and what we don't do. And now having been in the ministry for almost 40 years, we have a lot of people we know and contacts in the country, out of the country, people wanting you to do things. Just this past week, we had to make decisions on numerous things, be a part of that or not be a part of that. And have people invite me, would you be a part of this conference? Would you be a part of this project? Would you be a part of this? Would you be a part of that? Every week. Got to make decisions. And a lot of these people, you know, not all of them, but some of them are my friends. Some of them are people I know. Some of them are people I really care a lot about. I'm close to. How, how can we decide? Get us a good quarter or put out a fleece? I know. Uh, get a committee. That's right. Vote. And majority rule. That's how you miss God, miss God, miss God, mess up, lose your money. It's happening right and left. How can you get it right every time? Only one way. You got to acknowledge no matter what I learn, how much I study, how much research I do, I will never have enough up here to make the perfect decision. That's why I need to trust in the Lord with all my heart. I use my head. I use my understanding. But I don't lean. To, I don't rely on it to make the decision. Amen. And what I have learned, the Lord helped me with this years ago. Because, you know, one, one way you learn some things is by making mistakes. <laughs> and you think, I don't want to do that again. <laughs> Lord, I missed you. And I don't want, how, how many detest missing it? Come on, your hand, both hands should go up. You detest missing it. Why? Because you didn't have to. If you'd just taken a little bit more time and paid better attention and been led, you wouldn't have missed it. You ne- never do you have to miss God. Never. Usually it's from moving too fast and just not taking the time and doing what you need to do. And so... One time I, I did. I moved too fast. I didn't didn't ask the Lord. Didn't pay attention. And and uh, I said, Lord, help me with this. He said, Son, one of the reasons I did it 
is because I was pressured by some people, even some friends, and uh, they said, well, why, what's your reason for not doing this? And I didn't have one. And so that to them meant, well, that means you can do it. And we did, and it, it was wrong. It was a failure. And so I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, he said, son, and I don't mean to hurt a voice now, but inside me, from the Holy Spirit, I had been able to identify enough my own spirit and him from inside to my mind, he said, you don't need a reason not to do things. You need a witness to do it. That's a simple phrase, but it changed my life. I'm going to say it again. You don't need a reason not to do things. How many things in this world and life are you not doing? <laughs> trillions. There are trillions of things you are not doing in this life. I don't need a reason not to do something. I need a witness to do it. In other words, it's a great opportunity. It's a great price. It's a great this. It's a great that. That's not enough. I said, that's not enough. If it is, then being led by price is enough. Being led by opportunity is enough. Being led by need, being led by somebody requesting or pushing or pulling. If I'm led by that, am I being led by the Spirit? No. I'm being led by something else. Come on, sit out loud, church. I don't need a reason not to do things. Are you clear on this? Most of the things in this big wide world and most of the stuff going on, you're not going to be involved in. You're one person with a tiny amount of time, specific opportunities and situations. There's trillions of things you're not going to do and not going to be a part of and not going to be involved in. So I shouldn't say, well, if there's not a reason to do it, then go ahead and do it. Wrong, 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 wrong. I need a witness to do it. Why? Because I need to know the Lord's in this. If I want it to be a success, I need to know he's in this. I need to know this is not just some harebrained thing I came up with. And if it's something I got from him, I don't have to pray, pray, pray that it would be blessed. Or that it would work. Or that it would be provided for or financed. If it's his idea, (laughs) you're in good shape. He's going to take care of his idea. He's going to provide for his idea. He's going to protect his idea. But getting it from him. I want you to say it another time. I don't need a reason. reason. Not to do things. And see this is in the simplest of things. A lot of people have been in accidents. They've been involved in crimes. They've been involved in terrible things. Just because they were at the wrong place. At the wrong time. They They shouldn't even been there. And many times with believers, you hear this over and over again, I knew I shouldn't have gone. You ever heard that before? Why? But their friend or something, you know, texted them and texted them and and pushed and pushed. Yeah, but they're having a 75% off sale. Oh, well, that's got to be God. (laughs) Right? 
No, it ain't got to be God. Come on, can you see this? Well, this will only be available for two weeks. And this is one of the greatest things. Yeah, but I don't need a reason not to do that. I don't need a reason to say no. I won't be going. No, we won't be participating. No, we won't be investing. I don't need a reason to say no. My standard answer is no. (laughs) I said it about four times last week on some issues and some things. Why? Not because I don't like the people. I do. Not because you're thinking they didn't hear from God. I'm not saying that. If they did, then they need to do what he told them to do. But I'm going to stand before the Lord. Not them. And what I don't want to hear is him say, why'd you do that, Keith? I never told you to do that. Mm. Yeah, but they said, and they they thought it was a good idea. It ain't going to fly. I don't need a reason not to do things. What I need is to hear from him. I need a witness. Hallelujah. From his spirit, the spirit of adoption, the spirit of my father. You know, Jesus said this. He said, uh, my sheep know my voice and a stranger's voice they won't follow. That means to the child of God, to the believer, the voice of God, the communication of God, the witness of God is going to be familiar Come on, did you hear that? Familiar. Why? It's the same spirit that drew you to walk the aisle and and be born again or to raise your hand or pray the prayer with the preacher on the TV when you got born again. It's the same spirit who's dealt with you every day of your life. When he deals with you about something else, you shouldn't go, whoa, who is this? When something comes to you and you go, whoa, where'd that come from? That's the thing you shouldn't listen to. That's, ooh, that's strange. What's that? Yeah. What's, when it's the Spirit of God, even though it might be new to your mind, it's very familiar to your heart. Why? Same Spirit. Same Spirit. Same Spirit. Look with me, please. In the Scripture, we're there talking about Abba Father. Let's look. In uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Can you come back next week? Because man I just got. (laughs) Too many notes here. Thank God. Can you see these are valuable things. These are really important things. Learning how to be led by the spirit. You don't want to be at the wrong place. At the wrong time. You don't want to expose yourself. To the activities of the enemy. We want to dwell in the secret place. Of the most high. Under the shadow. Of the almighty. Where is that? That's the place of faith. It's the place of communion. It's the place of obedience. Obedience. When we're doing what he told us to do. We can fully expect. His keeping power. But when you ignore him. And, and you even do things that he was in, endeavoring to get you not to do. You can get out outside in a place where you're vulnerable. How many remember the scripture said, neither give place to the devil? Well, that means you can. There are ways that you can. 
And of course, he's always looking, he, he's like a, a lion, didn't say he was one, like a roaring lion, going around about seeking whom he may devour. He's looking for opportunities to steal, kill, and destroy. He's looking for opportunities to devour. And uh, if we're led by the Spirit, the Spirit of God will check us and we won't give him those opportunities. The enemy will have had something set up for us over here and the Spirit of God will check us. You need to stay away from there today. And you'll just miss the devil's setup, and you won't know because nothing happened. And that can be a good thing, right? You won't know because nothing bad happened. And, and this can, what you want to do is really frustrate the enemy. What do you mean? Because you keep missing his setups. The activity of him, him and his spirits, they tried to set you up here. And you were, you were heading that way. And the Spirit of God checked you and said, no, don't do that. And you, you just pulled up and go, hold on now. Oh, I just don't think I'll do that today. And you go another way. And the devil goes, you're supposed to come right through him. <laughs> Is God smarter than the enemy? Oh, way, way, way smarter. question is, how smart are we? Will we listen? Will we pay attention? One of the things, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit now, but one of the things that will help you be more aware of your own spirit is spiritual activity in the form of prayer and praise. Feeding yourself on the Word is spirit food, and that will help you to get spiritual strength, and you'll notice your spirit more. But that's not the whole thing. I know years ago, when I was a teenager, I was, in, I was doing some sport fighting, and uh, I wanted to build up uh, the bottom of my legs. And so I found these amazing calf exercises that you could do. And so I did them, and I did them. And three days later, I couldn't walk. <laughs> but I was very aware of my calf muscle. <laughs> I was very aware where it attached at the top and where it attached at the bottom and the fibers of it and the outside. I mean, I was more aware of my calves than I had ever been in my life. <laughs> Tell me why, why? Now I overdid it, but, but why? I exercised not just my body, I exercised my calves. And in doing so, I became more aware of my calves. In order to become more aware of your spirit, you must exercise your spirit. It's not the same as exercising your intellect or your head. You exercise your spirit. Praising and worshiping God, not just ritualistically, but from your heart, is spiritual activity. You do that, you're exercising your spirit. Praying in the spirit uh, is one of the most specific spiritual. Why? Because it's independent of your understanding. It helps you distinguish between understanding and spirit, which is one of the biggest things to learn. The difference between the two. 
between the understanding and the heart. 1 Corinthians 14 talks about when I pray in or speak rather in an unknown tongue, my spirit speaks. My spirit prays or my spirit speaks. You can't be more specific than that. But my understanding is unfruitful. So here I have my spirit, spiritual activity or exercise independent from my understanding. Brother Hagin said this, and, and I hadn't met anybody in my few years that knew more about this than he did, in my opinion. He said, I have found that the less I pray in the Spirit, the less of the manifestations of the Spirit I have in my life and ministry. He's talking about in chapter 12 there, you know, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning spirits, etc., etc. He said, I have found the more I pray in the Spirit, the more of the other manifestations of the Spirit I have. Well, why would that be? Because you're more aware. Not more aware of your head, more aware of your spirit. What's the big deal about that? That's where the Holy Spirit is going to give you things. Through that part of your being. And Paul said, even though he's correcting them about praying out loud in tongues in the congregation and being disruptive, yet he says, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than all of you. Well, man, he must have got up talking in tongues and went to bed talking in tongues if he talked more in tongues than that bunch. Can you see this, children of God? So important. In uh, Hebrews 12, and I think I'm... uh, I'm winding up, but uh, you're really going to need to come back. Thanks be to God. Let me make sure I get this right. No, I'm not ready to go there. Go to Galatians 4, please. And I'll give you a couple of more scriptures here, and then we will uh, take this and chew on it and develop. I'm going to declare something. The faith life families are some of the most spiritually aware and spirit-led people there are in the world. If you didn't agree with that, I'm going to say it again. The faith life families. Who am I talking about? You. You, me, us. The faith life families are some of the most spiritually aware and spirit-led people in this generation, on the planet, anywhere. Come on, agree with that. Agree with that. Now, it won't happen automatically, but it helps if you go ahead and get your words on it, get your faith on it. You have to do these things that we're talking about. But, oh, friend, uh, Phyllis and I talk about this all the time. We, we we just think, what would you do if you didn't know how to be led by the Spirit? Like some of these decisions uh, we, we made last week. I mean, so many times people make a wrong decision because they're afraid they're going to offend somebody. They're afraid they're going to make somebody mad. They're afraid they're going to miss out on something. They're afraid they're going to miss it. Well, see, that'd be being led by fear. Well, who'd be? You wind up following the enemy. 
He'll lead you right into a trap, into destruction. I'm not led by fear. I'm not led by feelings. I'm not led by needs, our opportunities, our statistics, our demographics, our price, our pressure. I'm led by the Spirit. Of the living God on the inside of me. I'm led by the Spirit of Christ. By the Spirit of my Father. Abba. Father. Not the Spirit of fear. But the Spirit of my Father. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. I'm seeing things about that 15th verse I hadn't seen before. Romans 8, 15. Whew. Hadn't paid enough attention to that 15th verse. Talking about me. I am now. That's it. That's some answers right there. Woo! Glory to God. <laughs> Shouldn't be surprised. I mean, if 14 is wonderful and 16 is wonderful. <laughs> if you don't think 15 is wonderful, you just ain't looking right. You just have not seen it. It is. It is. Praise be to God. Galatians 4 and 5. Well, verse 6, Galatians 4, 6. He says, because you are sons. This is so significant here. We do serve God. And you should have a servant's mentality. The Bible said Jesus himself didn't come to be served. But to serve. To minister. That, that's the, the character and law of Christ. But... We're not servants relationally with the Father God who created the heavens and the earth. We are sons. That's not a gender thing now because in Christ there's neither male nor female. If you want to talk about the vessel, there are male sons and there are female sons. Don't get hung up on that. You are sons God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts. And we're talking about being led by the spirit, but how are you going to respond to a spirit you don't recognize as God? This has happened many times that the spirit of God was dealing with people and they didn't realize it was him. I'm not talking about lost people. I'm talking about Christian people and some people that had been saved for years and years. Because you can be saved but not develop. You can be saved but not grow. But that's not Faith Life Church. The Faith Life Church families are some of the most spiritually aware and spirit-led people in this generation on the planet. And all the people said I think that's the best amen we had all day. He said, because you are son. Somebody say, I am a son. God has sent forth what? The spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. See, the same thing he said in Romans. That's the spirit we must become more acquainted with more aware of. He's not a strange spirit. He's not a spirit of fear. 
that helps you. you. Sometimes you identify things by knowing what they're not. It can be spiritual and it can be very real. But if it's pushing to panic you, it is not God. It is not the Holy Spirit. If it's pushing to manipulate you and some kind of fear of offending, fear of missing out, fear, 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 not God. It's not God. It's not the Holy Spirit. Don't yield to it. Don't respond to it. His Holy Spirit is the Spirit of my Father. It's the Spirit of His Son. He's the Spirit of peace. He's the Spirit of adoption. When He's dealing with me, causing me to causing my spirit to be aware of things, causing his communication to come from my spirit up to my mind and illuminate me, it's so familiar. That's the same spirit that drew me to Christ. <laughs> come on, can you see that? That's the same. This is not some strange spirit. That's the same spirit. And the more I think about it, the more I pray in the spirit about it, when it's right, when it's him, you just get more and more sure. You get more and more settled. You get more and more peace about it. You get more and more confidence. And when you do that, that's the thing you act on. That's the thing you do. That's the way you go. Can you say amen? Amen. Stand on your feet, everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.